Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Busy, busy day. Uh, We have got news on uh, a bunch of things. First, we start with Schlitterbahn. So we are going to have uh, Steve Vakarat from the Kansas City Star on with us uh, in about 10 minutes from right now to detail exactly what happened in the courtroom. But for those who have missed it uh, in terms of breaking news out of the Schlitterbahn case today, and for those who might be newer in town, this is, of course, the case of Caleb Schwab, uh, who died while riding the Verut ride at Schlitterbahn in 2016. And there had been three people criminally charged in that case, uh, two people with second-degree murder and one with involuntary manslaughter. This morning, there was a a hearing on a motion to dismiss the case, and the judge did, in fact, to dismiss the case, decided to throw out the case uh, against these three people. And so as far as how the judge came to that decision, the, uh, the judge ruled that, among other things, the attorney general's office improperly presented a Travel Channel highly dramatized video of Verruch's construction leading to indictments uh, that the judge tossed. And I'm reading from Andy Alcock's Twitter account. He works for Channel 41, I believe. Uh, The judge also ruled that the uh, attorney general improperly allowed questionable expert witnesses to testify about testing standard not required under Kansas law, another reason for dismissing the charges. The judge also ruled the, quote, expert witness improperly testified about the 2013 death at Schlitterbahn South Padre Island Park, which would be inadmissible in court leading to all charges dismissed. Um, As far as what could happen next, the attorney general could refile charges and seek a probable cause from a judge or go back to a grand jury. Uh, The attorney general's office is set to put out a statement. Uh, The assistant attorney general, Adam Adam Zentner, declined to comment on the ruling dismissing all criminal charges in the Schlitterbahn cases. How surprised are people? Text in 22980 at this. I mean, some people have voiced in already that this was overcharged, that second-degree murder was overcharged. I don't know all that much about the levels and what can be and, and what, what the definitions should. are. I don't know that either. I think a lot of people, myself, assumed there's no way these guys are going to go free. And and I again, I wasn't t- meticulously involved in the case. I just assumed because of the rumored and the way that most of us know the way that Caleb Schwab died, you were like, these guys need to go to jail. They need to be locked up. They need to hang out with Bubba in prison. And now they're dismissed. I think everybody was hope. Yeah, I think it was hopeful. I think everybody thought because it was such, um, just such a horrible, horrible situation that happened and you wanted somebody to go down for it. You know, you wanted somebody to fall for it Mm -hmm. and, and you wanted the toughest charges possible. But now it looks like, you know, according to the judge, the attorney general got indictments in a way that wasn't legal. And so now now it doesn't mean that they're not still going to be charged. They've got several approaches they can take in terms of still getting some indictments, but it does mean, and, and somebody told me on the text line, and I had not found this yet, that these three defendants were out on bond. 
So I don't know, like, terms of that. I assume there were terms there so that they can't leave town or anything. I don't know what they are going to do now uh, in the interim. So, again, we'll talk to Steve Ackrock coming up in just a couple of minutes. There are a couple of other stories that have been breaking today, including one out of sports. Yeah, Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, uh, has been charged with solicitation of prostitution in Jupiter, Florida. There's a list of a whole bunch of men on this list. And now he's been charged with two misdemeanor counts soliciting a prostitute. He's wanted by the police. The charges are part of a wide-scale prostitution, a prostitution bust in the southeastern Florida town. Kraft was one of 25 to be observed by police at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, one of five institutions under police surveillance for several months. We are not just talking about the, air quote, happy ending. This is also uh, multiple sex acts in the parter, uh, parlor, and this has to do with human trafficking, with sex trafficking. According to the police chief down there, these women were sleeping in massage parlors, on the massage tables, and had no access to transportation. One report says they were brought here with promises of a job and forced into sex trafficking. Uh, they noted that the victims, the women, averaged eight clients a day. If you do the math... I don't want to do the math. That is 1,500 men a year with no days off. Well, gee, that... Stands to reason then there could be more people, unless these 100 men were quite busy. Craft solicitation charge typically results in a diversionary program regarding the dangers of prostitution before the charges are then dropped. But he is a high-profile guy. Who knows what could happen? One thing I do know, he will be pressured to sell the New England yeah. Patriots. He bought them for $174 million a quarter century ago. He'll probably sell them for... 50 times that <laughs> or $3 billion or whatever. Yeah, change that M to a B and you might be more accurate. He is worth $6.6 .6 billion. He is 78. He has a 39-year-old girlfriend. Uh, but now Bob Kraft is wanted by police. And then real quick, this one just broke. Um, and this was the case. We've had a guilty plea in the case that broke. This was in uh, Riverside County, California. And this was the case where you had um, 13 children that were discovered, tortured, shackled, um, living in deplorable conditions in a home. Oh, uh, This is David and Louise Turpin. These were the parents of these 13 kids. And if you remember, um, I can't remember when this is. This was a couple of years ago, I believe. Uh, they were rescued from the house. Um, 13 children that were there were found severely abused and malnourished with some... Uh, shackled and rarely allowed to leave their Riverside County home. Um, and, and you just, I recall the stories of, you know, there there was a 19-year-old girl there that looked to be like 10 because they were so severely malnourished that they were so small. But beyond that, they weren't, um, they didn't have a lot of language skills. They didn't have a lot of the basic skills uh, because they weren't going to school. And, and a lot of the people that lived in this area didn't even know what was going on here, uh, but authorities said some of these kids who were young adults looked more like small children because that's how small they were. Uh, David and Louise Turpin have pleaded guilty to a total of 14 charges, including a count of torture. Um, I'm looking to see what they're going to face, uh, but that's not in the story that I've got right now. And one of the girls just escaped. That's how it came to light was one of the girls got away and was able to call. We will have uh, more on all of these coming up straight ahead. Stephen Vakrat of the Kansas City Star is going to join us. He has been covering the Schlitterbahn case. He was there today. We'll get the latest from Steve Vakrat of the Star coming up next.
Hey, uh, the latest. This just came out on the Bob Kraft story. We'll get to the Schlitterbahn in 10 seconds. But Adam Schefter of ESPN says that Bob Kraft, quote, isn't the most famous person on the list of those involved in this story about sex trafficking and prostitution in Jupiter, Florida. Schefter says, quote, I'm told that Robert Kraft is not the biggest name involved down there in South Florida. Who's bigger than Bob Kraft? So now Wick and I, during the break, we're debating who we know names of that perhaps spends time in that part uh, of Florida that would be bigger than Bob Kraft. We got a couple I mean, of ideas, but here's who some, knows? Just some names that live down there. All the golfers you know, Nick Price, Lee Trevino, Tiger, Greg Norman. Alan Jackson lives down there. Just saying. Just th- I mean, uh, there it's it's a rich Jupiter, Florida yeah, is a rich, rich, yep. rich area uh, down there. I it, I have no no idea. Michael Jordan lives down there. So we'll come back oh, to this here goodness. in a bit. So uh, juicy today. But we want to uh, return to the big breaking local story of the last hour, which is the fact that the criminal charges that have been filed against three people in the Schlitterbahn case. This is, of course, the case of Caleb Schwab, uh, who in 2016 was killed while riding uh, Verrucht at Schilderbahn. The criminal charges against those three people, the case has been dismissed because of some wrongdoing with the attorney general's office. Steve Vakrat from the Kansas City Star uh, joins us on the phone because he was there and can explain better than we can exactly what happened in court today. Steve, thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So lay it out. Um, we, we gave the basics, but if you can lay out for us kind of what happened in court today and what the judge said specifically about the attorney general's office. Okay, sure. Um, so there's there's three primary issues here uh, that the judge talked about today, and they follow on some defense motions that were made earlier this year to dismiss the indictments against their clients. But essentially what they said is that what, what the defense attorneys claimed is that when the Kansas Attorney General convened a grand jury to uh, consider char- criminal charges in this case, they showed them clips from the Travel Channel, which did a uh, show about the construction of the water slide. And what the defense attorneys argued and what the judge ultimately agreed with was that you know, these clips were for a scripted, staged television show uh, that was meant for entertainment and you know really kind of meant to play up and hype up the riskiness of this 17-story water slide and was not really a documentary depiction of the actual construction or the processes that they went through. And so they found, you know, the judge found that that was evidence that they couldn't show to a, uh, a jury during a trial. It would be inadmissible as evidence. And because you can't show it to a jury at trial, you shouldn't be showing it to a jury, uh, a grand jury. And, and I can talk about the difference between those two if you'd like me to. Um, the other issue was that the state had a uh, they had a def- they had an expert who testified before the grand jury and who implied that industry standards uh, for, for 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 safety and construction of these types of attractions was uh, legally required, which it was not at the time that the Farouk water slide was constructed. And lastly, uh, the judge agreed that by discussing the death of a man uh, who was at the South Padre Schlitter Pond Water Park in Texas, by discussing that in front of the grand jury, that that was not relevant to the case before the grand jury. 
and that you know all take all this taken together prejudiced uh the grand jury uh who returned an indictment based on uh three pieces of evidence that would not likely have been admissible in a uh, criminal trial can you explain for those uh the setting because i know a lot of people are picturing a full courtroom and 12 jurors and all these things and a judge what does a grand jury setting look like that we have you know i've never seen before that a lot of people haven't seen Sure, and this, and this is an important point in all of this. And that, you know, grand jury meets secretly. No one's notified about them. They're sworn to secrecy, and they don't meet uh, with a judge present. Um, it's really just the prosecutors. The target of the investigation is rarely ever brought in to testify before the grand jury. Uh, the targets usually don't even know that a grand jury exists. And the purpose of the grand jury is to establish whether there's enough probable cause to do a crime. And one of the important things to keep in mind here is that this is rarely done in Kansas. Uh, Grand juries on a state level are rarely used. Um, They're used routinely in federal courts by the Justice Department, but in state courts in Kansas, it's rarely uh, rarely done. You typically, if somebody is charged with a crime, they can go before a judge in what's referred to as a preliminary hearing. Uh, the, The defendant can have their lawyer present, uh, the judge is present, the prosecutors are present, and they talk about whether there's enough evidence to establish probable cause for a crime. That was not done here. Grand jury was pursued. And so there isn't a judge who can sit there and decide what evidence is valid and what evidence is not. And so, uh, you know, the Kansas Attorney General chose a very unusual path to pursue these charges. Talk with Steve Vakrat about today's Schlitterbahn dismissal here on 98.1 KMBZ. Steve from the Star. How much egg is on the face of Kansas Attorney, Ge- Attorney General Derek Schmidt? Um, you know that's that's hard for that's hard for me to say. I don't think that this. You know, I, I think that the handling of this case has been uh, a bit problematic. You may recall. I think the last time I spoke with you guys was when. Uh, a couple of maintenance workers who worked at Schlitterbahn who had been indicted went to trial last year, and they were acquitted. And then again, earlier this year, there were a couple of charges against one of the defendants associated uh, who was accused, among other things, of interfering with the investigation and covering it up. Uh, they dropped those charges uh, voluntarily against that defendant earlier this year. And so it's, a, it's, it's taken all together, it could be reasonably seen as a... Uh, a problem uh, for how the, the attorney general's office has uh, pursued this case. Can you explain to people uh, who might not understand exactly why the attorney general's office is handling this case and not a Wyandotte County court? Yeah. Well, uh, so the Kansas attorney general took over jurisdiction of this case um, last year or the year before. And that was, fairly unusual because typically when the Kansas Attorney General gets involved in a criminal prosecution that's uh, under the local jurisdiction, it's more often for cases in smaller counties where they don't, uh, they may not have the resources and the expertise to handle uh, a, a severe case. Let's just say hypothetically a triple homicide or something, something they're not typically used to dealing with. And those are typically the instances in which the Kansas Attorney Attorney General will get involved in a criminal case. Um, in this case, there it was a little bit different, um, you know, because obviously Wyandotte County is one of the biggest counties in the state, 
And so it was unusual that it ended up with the uh, Kansas Attorney General's office. And real quick, we need to get to news here in a second. But any indication of what the Attorney General's office is going to do next? I know they have several options now. No, I don't. I asked them and they referred me to the office in Topeka. I've not yet yet gotten a response. Um, But real quick, there's a few options that they could do. They could try and appeal the judge's decision. They could go back to a grand jury to pursue charges once again. They could go back and try to pursue charges the more traditional way with the preliminary hearing, which we talked about. Or they could walk away from the case. Um, I don't have any indication or basis to speculate on what they will do, but those are essentially the options they have. Steve, we appreciate it. I know it's a very busy couple of hours. We thank you for a couple of minutes for joining us here on the radio. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Steve Vockrot of the Kansas City Star. More on this and the other 47 big stories that are going on right now. It's 1229. Let's get to Mark Lavoy in the newsroom. The food and medicine are there, but will it get to the people who desperately need it? That story coming up on KMBZ. Hey, uh, on a light note, today's National Margarita Day, and I think people in every news... I know our newsroom might need some. They are running around back there with all the news breaking today. Uh, We might have to get them some margaritas. Uh, Today is National Margarita Day, and on a light note, we have a poll going out. How do you like your margaritas? Frozen or on the rocks? Text the word frozen or the word rocks to 22980. That's 22980, and let us know. Uh, Jamie, any guess? Well over 100 votes. I'm going to say, so I, when you read earlier the results of this, that was different than what I thought. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say on the rocks, 60-40. 81. Still, okay. 81, holding strong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so keep them coming in. Frozen or rocks, text the word into seven, text the word into oh 22980. I don't do text polls every day. I'm getting confused. We need a rag to erase that text line number it's from right the dry there. erase board that is in front of you for when we do keyword cash, which is not right now. No, we just do a regular poll question, text in 22980, either frozen or the word rocks. That's to lighten it up because we have a lot going on right now. Okay, so we're going to keep talking about the Schlitterbahn story. And it's in part because a texter asked a question on the text line during the break that I think is worth having some discussion about. And it's the question of whether people should have to resign or be fired from the Kansas Attorney General's office as a result of today's news in the Schlitterbahn case. And, Wicked, if you can look up those names really fast, I'm mm-hmm. curious to know who these people are. Uh, Assistant Attorney Generals Adam Zentner and Sean Qualseth led okay. the prosecution of all three defendants. Okay. So we've got two Assistant Attorney Generals in the Kansas Attorney General's office who made decisions in the process of getting indictments before a grand jury Uh, That were wrong. And today a judge has dismissed the criminal cases against three defendants in the case where, uh, if you recall, as we can't forget, that in 2016, Caleb Schwab, uh, the son of a local lawmaker, Scott Schwab, was riding the Verut water slide and was killed when, and I think we'll leave the details of that because you never know what little ears are in the audience, but Caleb Schwab was killed. Uh, And after that, you had two people that were criminally charged with uh, secondary murder and one person who was charged with involuntary manslaughter. There was a hearing today for a judge to rule on a motion to dismiss the case. And the judge decided, yes, in fact, this case has to be dismissed. And here were the three reasons that taken together, the judge said 
prejudiced the grand jury that returned the indictment. And had the grand jury not gotten the information that way, perhaps they would not have returned an indictment. Here are the three things that they made the judgment on. And and the question before you is, is this case such a big deal with such um, significant implications that these two, we're talking about two assistant attorney generals, should they be fired, resigning? Should this go all the way to the top uh, with the Kansas attorney, uh, Kansas attorney general? Here were the three, the three problems. Uh, that there were clips from a travel channel show that were meant for entertainment that, were, that, that played up the risks of this ride and of rides like this. And the judge said it wasn't, it was meant for entertainment. It wasn't a factual depiction, but the judge wasn't told, or excuse me, the jury wasn't told that. The grand jury was not told that this was a dramatization and that it wasn't real. Man, and, and I, my first idea for, my first question is on, on just that. I know you have two more mm-hmm. to lay out. Can't, like, was it, was the Travel Channel video I mean, I, I guess yeah, that's what I they mean, would it was, argue. Was it drawn up that way to make it to make the things launch further? I mean, right. that's what they're arguing. So I don't, I don't know. But they said it was it was intended for entertainment, and the grand jury was not told that. And basically, the judge said that evidence would not be admissible in court before a regular jury. Therefore, you cannot present it to the grand jury. Then the attorney general's office had an expert who testified uh, and implied that industry standards for safety and construction for these kinds of rides were legally required and that was not the case when Verruckt was in, was constructed because we didn't have those we laws have until them. about a year later until after and also that by discussing the death of a man at a South Padre Island Schlitterbahn in Texas that was not relevant they talked about the death of a man at another Schlitterbahn in Texas and they shouldn't have that wasn't relevant so those were three pretty big mistakes that the process that the attorney general's office made that resulted in these indictments. And now we're, we don't know what's going to happen. There are four options now that the attorney general's office has. They could appeal the judge's decision. They could try again. They could, you know, not include those things or restructure how they present the evidence and go before a grand jury again. They could walk away from the case. And I don't know if that means they could walk away and, and turn it over to the county. I don't know how that, how that decision is made. And the other thing they could do, and, and Steve Ockrott talked about this a little bit, was that uh, it's unusual to do a grand jury in a case like this. Ordinarily, what you would happen is you're charged, you know, it's, it, you've been arrested for a crime or you are accused of a crime and you go before a judge for a preliminary hearing. And, and then it's dis- determined what there's a judge involved is the bottom line. And there's not a judge involved in a grand jury. Those are the possibilities, um, and that took a while to lay out, and I apologize. There are no, a lot no, of details no. to it. No, it's fine. How bad is this for the attorney general's office? How bad should it be? Should two people be fired or asked to resign, and should this go all the way to the top? Assistant Kansas City Attorney Generals Adam Zentner and Sean Qualseth led the way. They led the prosecution. They're gone. Uh, they're not elected, right? They're no. hired. They're they're gone. We yeah, we only elect the attorney general. How they are do appointed. you? How unless one of them wants to say it was my choice to put the fake video in front of the grand jury? Unless one of them wants to say it was my fault, we put the uh, fake law in front of the grand jury. It wasn't a law. Well, we put up an expert, right? Who testified about standards how- that were required that were not the case. How do you, I mean, even we knew that. It, we knew the law wasn't in place. It feels to me like a couple of people 
in a really high profile case that needed indictments. And I don't now maybe they didn't know. And I'm laughing because I don't know how this is possible. Maybe they didn't know that it was not okay to do these things. Mm. Maybe they didn't know it wasn't okay to not tell the grand jury that what they were watching is not really what, but that you, you work in the attorney general's office. How do you not know some of these things? How do you not ask your witness? Okay. So this law, when did it go into effect and cross it with, when did Caleb Schwab die? How do you do that wrong? Or, and I don't know. Or they did know. And they thought... They could get away with it. Or thought... I don't know. Or thought it was okay. I I don't know. I think Derek Schmidt has to look these two in the eye and say, which one of you is going to take the fall? Or you're both going down? Or maybe they both take the fall. Both. And does the the attorney general... Does your... Kansas. 576-7798. Your guy. He's the leader. He didn't run point on this. But he's the leader. As a great man once tweeted, leadership. (laughs) You know where I'm going. Leadership. When you fail, you're in charge. When you succeed, you're in charge. He's the guy. Does he lose his job? Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Gary, you're on KMBZ. What's up, Gary? Well, what I'm kind of curious about is if, I mean, these guys are supposed to be professionals. If they screwed up that bad, it makes me wonder if it's intentional. And I think I'd be looking at somebody's bank accounts to see if it kind of swelled up here since then. You think that the assistant attorney generals or maybe even the attorney general took a dive? No, I'm, something's wrong there. Okay. I mean, those are supposed to be professional people, and they should know better than that. 100% agree with that, Gary. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't think anybody took bribes to present bad evidence. I don't, I, I don't think. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. Gary could be right on that. But I, I don't believe that Derek Schmidt took money or had uh, Adam Zentner or Sean Qualseth, the assistant AGs. I don't think he had him take money to then, you know, hey, show up the video from the Travel Channel when the boats have wheels. So I don't like either answer. In my mind, <laughs> That's there, fair. there are two options. Either these two prosecutors were dumb and didn't know what they were doing and didn't know that you couldn't do these things. I don't like that because you work for the attorney general's office or they did know and did it anyway in order to get an indictment in a really, really career making case. Five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight, five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight. Gary, thank you for yours. Randy, we'll get to your call coming up on the other side. You want to jump in? You can. Do you think that Kansas attorney general Derek Schmidt should lose his job? What about the other two? And which one is worse of Jamie's two examples? Not Unless there's knowing, a third option. Not knowing or knowing and trying to slide it past everybody. Yeah. We'll get to your calls next. Pretty busy day. <laughs> We've got our Kelly indicted. If you haven't seen that, we'll put it up on Facebook. Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. Is being is uh, is wanted by the police for his connection to a sex trafficking story. I'm not making that up. In Jupiter, Florida, and now we're focusing on the one here in Kansas City. And feel free to join us at five seven six seven seven nine eight about Schlitterbahn. Randy, hang on a second. We'll lay out the case here for those that uh, have missed the news today. Basically, the most important thing to know is that the criminal charges, the criminal case against three people. And the death of Caleb Schwab at Schlitterbahn has been dismissed. And it's because the attorney general's office, which had a couple of assistant AGs working on the case, made what the judge said were mistakes that prejudiced the grand jury that returned an indictment, including 
problems with clips from a Travel Channel show about rides like this. And the judge said that was meant for entertainment. And you acted like it was a documentary, in fact. And in fact, it wasn't. There was an expert that testified uh, and implied that industry standards for safety and construction for rides like this were legally required. That was not, in fact, the case when Veruk was constructed. And they shouldn't have talked about the death of a man at the South Padre Island, Schlitterbahn in Texas. That was not relevant. Where this gets wicked and I now is to a couple of questions. Um, this now, who knows what's going to happen with this? There are several options on the attorney general's office part. They have not put out a statement yet. They're supposed to this afternoon. What should happen to these two assistant attorney generals, who attorneys general, who are appointed? Should they resign? Should they be fired? Should they be disbarred? You know, you want to go the professional route. And should anything happen to Derek Schmidt, the Kansas attorney general? Um, no, you can't fire him, but should he resign or should there be, you know, should, should the Kansas governor be going to him and politely ask him to step down? Here's an also a little fun note before we go right back to the phones at 576-7798 from Steve Vaquart of the Star. Through November, Wyandotte County taxpayers had paid the Kansas attorney general a bit more than $125,000 in expenses that have so far resulted in two acquittals and five dismissed indictments. To me, there's a difference between an acquittal and the indict. To me, I, I forgive's not the right word, but sometimes you, they're not found guilty, you know. But to me, this is bigger. The fact that you made mistakes, whether you knew you were doing it or not, that resulted in, in the criminal charges being thrown out. Yeah, particularly for you, Wyandotte County, and a lot of you were asking that on the text line, what about taxpayer money? Let's go to uh, Overland Park and talk to Randy. Hey, Randy, what's up, man? Thanks for calling. Hey, the Kansas Attorney General needs to be pressured into stepping down, and the other two need to lose their jobs. Um, as far as the case, I think the murder charges were overdue, but a, a, a boy lost his life here, and there's no way. I think that the hype on this case I think the uh, attorneys thought this was going to be a slam dunk case, and they just didn't do their job. And uh, yeah, they need to be fired. So. I think the the I mean I don't know about you, Randy, and I didn't pay a ton of attention to it, but I thought it was a slam dunk job. Didn't you? Yeah, I, I think I think most of us did, but you still have to do your job. I, I mean, it's you got to you got to show a present. You got to present a case. And they didn't do that. And uh, the judge was left with a dismissal. Yeah. It's sad. And a lot of people are going to be angry, but, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah, you know what? They they got out foxed. They got they get defeated. They they basically, it's like a sports analogy. They just kind of roll the helmets out there, it seems like. They're just like, ah, we'll take them down, no problem. And they're, so we were talking a little bit, you know, did they um, aim too high in terms of the second-degree murder charge? Mm. You know, is that was that too much? Although they still presented the same evidence, and, so, you know, the, there were still these same three problems before the grand jury. And was there just a lot of pressure from the public because this was such a high-profile case to get indictments? 576-7798. Bob is in KCK. Hi, Bob. I don't think the pressure was from the public. I think it was total inside hatchet job because... Scott Schwab was a prominent legislator. I also think what failed to be reexamined is the kid would still be walking if Schwab hadn't gone to the free for legislators day. That should that's not right to be on the it's essentially being on the take. Wait, can you explain that? The only reason they were out there is because it was a day 
That was free to elected officials. So elected you are officials blaming make- the father for the kid being on the ride in the first place? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a corrupt act, him going, accepting those freebies when they're the people regulating this enterprise. Bob, let me ask you a question. Are you just trolling us? No, I've felt this from day one. So you, you think... Caleb, you, you think Caleb Schwab's death can be blamed on his father for accepting a, a free day at Schlitterbahn? You believe that? I don't. I didn't. You're you're extrapolating. I didn't say it could be blamed on it. I say it wouldn't have happened it's, if not for that's, that. Same thing. That's the same thing. What's the difference? Well, he didn't cause it. The, the ride was obviously defective. But he wouldn't have been on the ride had dad, dad not taken the free day. Correct. Okay. I mean, I guess that I, I guess that's true. I think that's pretty horrible to okay. put that on dad. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Have yourself a great weekend, my friend. Thank you for your phone call, as always. 576-7798. Text in 22980. Dear Scott Schwab, your son would still be here had you not gone to uh, Politician's Day. Sleep well tonight. Signed, Bob and KCK. Are you kidding me? <laughs> My lord. <laughs> uh, By the way, if there's ever like, you know, if they, you ever go into a, a bar, Jamie, or a restaurant, and the sign on the door says, we're closing at five o'clock today for such and such. You know, we've got this party coming in, and they close four hours early, and, you know, it's the, the motorcycle gang of whatever. They've rented out the bar or whatever. That's basically what he's saying is, it's his dad and the rest of the lawmakers' fault for, for going to the water park. Are you – what is wrong with you? A, a popular opinion seems to be that the only reason this case got so much pressure and so much attention was because Scott Schwab's place in the legislature. I don't think so. I'm not going to detail for you how Caleb Schwab died. I don't think that's necessary. But it was pretty horrific, and it made – national news for sure if not international news i'll tell you what when you watch the national news it wasn't lawmaker's right. son dies on water slide it was what know, happened it was what happened on world's tallest water slide and like it, yeah. i don't think it has a lot to do to me i don't care that i don't even know what scott schwab looks like i don't know who he is he could walk into this studio right now and unless he had a hat on that said i'm scott schwab i wouldn't know who he is it was the fact that it was the significance of verrucht you know the <clears throat> world's tallest you know the, the significance of Verucht being what it was for me it was the way that he died you know you had a couple of women that were also injured in that incident the fact that verrucht kept was standing for quite a while after that looming out in the background in kck I don't, I had as much interest in this regardless of, now maybe you felt like there was pressure coming because of squat, uh, of Scott Schwab, but to me the case was significant because of what happened. Yeah, I, I, I could care, I could give two you-know-whats about who his dad is. Again, Schwab could be standing outside of this window with a big arrow saying, I'm Scott Schwab, I'm Caleb's dad, and I wouldn't have a clue who he was. Uh, we'll get to some more phone calls. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Dave and Liberty, hang on right there. It's midday with Jamie and Wicked at twelve fifty eight. Here's Kara in the newsroom. Happening now on KMBZ. We're going to continue talking about what's going on involving Schlitterbahn today. More next.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.